0: This episode of Disney Film Project is brought to you by the letter A, the number three, and touringplans.com. Check out the new optimized touring plans. If you go on your phone and use the lines application while you're in the parks, the touring plans will update automatically based on the latest data. It's the coolest thing ever. you got to check it out. Check out the lines application and the new optimized touring plans over at touringplans.com. They are the sponsor of this episode of the Disney Film Project podcast. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This program is where we discuss the films of the Walt Disney Company, be they animated, live action, or mythological, as in the case of tonight's subject. I am your host, Ryan Kilpatrick. I am owner, proprietor, and sometimes blogger over at DisneyFilmProject.com, where we discuss the films of the Disney Company, including shorts and uh, dvd reviews and tweet watches and all kinds of fun stuff so make sure you go check the site out over at disneyfilmproject.com but of course all the real knowledge to this program is brought by our our fine experts that we have first of all we have mr todd perlmutter who is a blogger over at touringplans.com he's chief technical officer at disneydrivenlife.com he's he's doing stuff at on I believe has invented time travel, but he, by the time you hear this, will have excised this out of the podcast. How are you, Mr.
1: Todd? I'm doing great. Please ignore all prior comments about time travel.
0: <laughs> what? And ignored.
1: Yes. What are you talking about?
0: I don't, I don't know what you're speaking of. Our other fine film expert, Ms. Brianna Alessio, is again working diligently to make enough money to move to Florida and then rejoin us on the show and, and join the Perlmutters in real life, so we, we await heartily her return. Uh, but in the meantime, the person who puts the show together and makes this makes this all tick is Ms. Cheryl Perlmutter, who is seated in the other room from Mr. Todd Perlmutter, uh, and you can follow her travails dealing with him and our show at on Twitter at Cheryl P3 or go over to about.me slash Cheryl P3.
2: How are you, Cheryl? I'm a little bit on a little letter today, but I'm, I'm managing. I'm fighting, my, I'm fighting this cold, this sore throat with every homeopathic medicine out there.
0: There you go. You're going to go from feeling like zero to feeling like a hero. In no time at all. In case you couldn't tell, today we're talking about Hercules, the 1997 Walt Disney animated feature, the 35th film in the Disney animated uh, feature film series, uh, directed by Ron Clements and John Musker, who you might know from such films as The Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Princess and the Frog, and others that you might know. Uh, This film is... Ostensibly a telling of, of the Greek mythology of Hercules and the gods of Olympus, it in fact is actually nothing to do with any of that stuff except the names of the characters.
1: <laughs> it 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 is heavily referenced. Um, can we talk for a quick moment that um, this is a movie that takes place in Greek times, right? It's like Greek Hercules, right? Uh, correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so Hercules is his Roman name.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, his, his Greek name is Heracles
1: Yes With a K, uh, by the way
0: Yeah, yeah No, if you are looking for a film That will educate you About uh, Greek mythology and the pantheon Of the gods of Olympus and Their interactions and Hercules and his twelve labors Do not watch this movie Because that is not what it's about
1: No, go, go pick an old Lou movie It does a better job
0: Really, old Lou Ferrigno movies are just good on their own right, right?
1: Yes, no, I completely agree.
0: Yes, for many reasons. Uh, Entertainment value just being one of them. Hercules, though, is an animated feature that, and I want to get your take on this, Todd, to me is like a precursor to Shrek in that it is a referential comedy treatment, making fun of society sort of film uh, almost four years before Shrek actually came out.
1: Um. In a, in a lot of ways, yes. I mean, really, it. I think that kind of started in Aladdin, though. So,
0: uh, yeah, with the genie in Aladdin was, was sort of the, kind of like it cracked the door open, and then this kind of kicked the door open a little wider, and then Shrek came through and just kind of knocked the house
1: down. Basically, I would agree with that. I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I I would say that one, th- one interesting thing about this is uh, James Wood plays Hades, right? And... I, I had no idea James Wood was so funny until this movie came out.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I had always seen him as a serious actor and you know a, sort of a villainous actor, but this I never knew how funny he was.
1: In fact, most of uh, what he says is uh, ad lib to some degree or another, and it, this happens because of his audition where he came in and they rewrote the movie and then they just kind of basically wrote – kind of say this kind of say this all over the script apparently and he kind of said everything and made stuff up from there
0: yeah i think the comparison of robin williams as the genie in aladdin is, is is an apt one because that's sort of the template that they they gave him to follow once he once he did the audition and uh had had come up with the kind of sleazy agent character which is what hades is sort of based on yeah uh they sort of let him go from that point once they cast him, and uh, because they originally they had envisioned Hades as a much more serious, villainous sort of character, but his audition won them over. And I think that humor and having Hades as sort of the villain's agent type character carries over through the whole movie. And the whole movie sort of it's it's odd. It's a Greek. It's a it's a movie about Greek mythology, but it honestly. Uh, is more of a uh, comment on society than it, than it is about Greek mythology.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it, it gets into this whole thing about, you know, accepting people for who they are and and trusting people and believing in people. And, and that, that's a heavy, heavy theme in this movie. But that's – and it's very interesting because I don't feel that this is a theme that Disney covered until this movie and until Mulan – where i think it goes even further later on that that concept right. of of being a hero and trusting in the world and you know wanting to wanting to you know give and be more um neither you know neither character is perfect they're both you know they they both have their own little agendas which we can get into in a moment for Hercules. And uh, right. I kind of I, I like these. These are like from the 90s. This and Mulan are my two favorite movies for that Disney did.
0: It's also something that Clements and Musker uh, explore in the majority of their movies, so, it, which is that what – it's most explicit in Princess and the Frog, which is probably the most realized of this particular theme, which is what you want isn't always what you need. Mm-hmm. And that's something that they explore in this film, in Princess and the Frog, uh, to some degree in Aladdin. Although Aladdin, it's not quite as as bad as this, or, or not as bad. You know what I mean? It's not as overt as it is in this, in Princess and the Frog, and the yeah. same in in Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is a little bit like that, right? What you want isn't always what you need. That's the sort of a theme that carries through all of their work.
1: Yeah. So um, the interesting thing too is that is that up until this point most uh, disney animated films were based on a on a story or a, a myth I, I mean none of them were based on myths before this is the first one that's actually based on mythology yes okay which is which is very interesting because up you know they were doing um you know snow white um aladdin these these are fairy tales in one form or right. another
0: yeah this is the time of the, at the studio where they were experimenting with things that were not fairy tales. It was fairy tales that kind of got animation back on track with, you know, The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. And then when they started experimenting and branching out with things like Pocahontas, Hunchback, this, Mulan, it's to some degree a fairy tale, but it's more of a legend than a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Um, This was that period where they sort of started looking to sort of bump out the borders of what they could do and uh, some successful and, and some not so successful, but it, it was an interesting experiment to be sure
1: yeah no i I agree i mean it's it i I really really like this movie, like I said I mean I'm gonna just set it up front, and uh I won't give a rating yet, but you know it's one of my, <laughs> it's one of my favorites uh and, and i can't I just can't argue with what they did in this movie I know it's not perfect, I mean, okay, can I just take some time to just discuss where the myth diverges?
0: Yes, please, because okay. they, it it, at, other than everywhere, let's be more specific
1: So, so yeah, so, okay it, Disney really played Fast and Loose with the myths, but honestly Even though I'm a big fan of mythology I think for the movie and the story That they were telling, it works I, I think that's An important thing to say, I don't think it ruins right. The movie, um, I think Some people are sticklers uh, Like the entire country of Greece Did you read about that? I did read about that. <laughs> they
0: they were not happy at all with the with the portrayal in, the, yes. in this. Yes, Th-
1: this movie was all but banned from Greece. By the way, folks, <laughs> it was panned by yes. newspapers. Uh, people did not go to see it. Almost no money was made in that country on this movie. It was just not a good scene. Um, and here's why: it's because they felt that the 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 Greek people felt that it was. Um, Taking too many liberties with their culture, I think that that 's a strong part of what storytelling often is to begin with i mean let 's face it, some of these stories you know there 's always stories about how there's some truths to every story and some falsehoods. you know there may have been a guy like Hercules, his name might not have been hercules, you know that's, that's you know that 's kind of how I look at this sort of thing to begin with and right. but Here's the differences, okay. In this movie, right, Alchemene and Amphib- I'm not for Amphitron are his uh foster parents, okay? In the actual mythology, Alchemene is his mom. Zeus is his actual father because Zeus posed as Amphitron while Amphitron was away fighting the war, okay? And he comes back and actually be- raises Hercules as his uh, son. Um, in, re- in mythology, Hercules is a demigod. That's because he's the son of, an, of a human and a god. That's how that sort of thing works, okay? Um, Hera was not very fond of Hercules. In fact, we, we can get to that because basically Her- that's Hercules' entire life is Hera not being fond of him. I think that's fair to say. Yes.
0: Yeah. Basically, if you take if you if you want to simplify the the, the movie, uh, substitute Hera for Hades, and you have it's it's a lot closer to Greek mythology.
1: Yes, I, I think that's and we'll get to because that, that does actually happen some in the movie. Um, so he was never immortal to start with. He has to earn his mort- immortality, just like the movie. So that is actually something that's carried over. Is that is Hercules' yes. focus in life is to is to gain his immortality. Um. The f- the fates in the movie are not the fates. Uh, they merged Perseus' mythology and Belefaron's mythology into the Hercules myth here. Okay. Um, I I think perhaps because somebody liked Clash of the Titans a little bit too much and didn't realize that Clash of the Titans wasn't actually that accurate either. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, because that's what happened here is these are not the uh, fates. These are the Grey Sisters. They're the ones that... Sh- ...that uh, share the single eye, the fates are completely different thing. Um, right. And um, Pegasus comes from the Beleferon myth, and uh, he is born of the blood of Medusa, not of clouds. Important little difference there. <laughs> yes, small, small <laughs> change. Small change. It's a little one. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, in, um, in mythology, Megara actually exists, and she was the princess of the king of... The- ...daughter of the king of Thebes, who was Crayon, Okay. Not crayon. Crayon. That's C-R-E-O-N for those who want to look it up. Okay. She was Hercules' first wife. Okay. Hera didn't like Hercules so much. Drives him mad. He, is, he goes uh, crazy, kills his uh, wife and children, and ends up having to pay penance for the rest of his life for it by performing the Twelve Labors. Okay. Yes and that's uh that's the fundamental story of hercules uh some of these labors involve him uh ending up on the ship of the argo with jason as one of the argonauts okay um and he ends up dying uh, by poisoned blood from nessus the river guardian okay who you see in the beginning of this movie i know it's confusing folks and uh it's actually phyllis C- who is who is the one who ends up helping to kill him and put him out of his misery not like kill him because he wants to but because hercules needed to die okay and then by sacrificing himself like that that's how he gains his immortality okay yes it's
0: it's, yeah
1: yeah it's just it's
0: it's, it's very different
1: (laughs) the the order of the that the uh, mythologies are presented in here are very out of order it's just very important to accept that, okay, because Philistides was a disciple of Hercules who went on to fight in the Trojan War. Uh, Achilles also came an entire generation after Hercules, not before him, you know, things like that. And like I said, he was on the Argo, not bumping right. into it somewhere.
0: <laughs> no, they, they definitely they – definitely, what, what it seems to me is they, they sat down and said, what are the things that people would recognize from Hercules and from Greek mythology? And yes. let's build a story about the hero and, and use those items, but don't be concerned with, you know, adhering to mythology. And I think that's definitely the right approach, because the, the story of the Twelve Labors with the whole killing your wife and children thing, probably not best for a Disney movie.
1: Yes, uh, well, yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. Um, but but all, nine of the Twelve Labors are actually referenced in the movie. In some way, yes. In some way. Um, do we want to go through what these are? Is it worth it? Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it really quick. Sure, why not? Yeah, we'll do, bef- quickly. Quickly, I promise. All right. Uh, slaying the Nemean lion. Okay, so there's a montage uh, where he's fighting stuff. One of the things he fights is a lion. And then later on when he's posing, he's wearing a lion skin, which when it's taken off of him actually ends up being Scar's skin. That's right, Scar yes. from the Lion King, folks. Hercules wearing that. Okay, um, he also has to slay the nine-headed uh, Linarian Hydra, okay? Nine heads are roughly correct because it's like one becomes two becomes three. It's a whole confusing thing. Um, it's a whole slicing and multiplying right. thing. So that's a very big part in this, scene, in this uh, movie. Um, capturing the Erythmian boar, that's the shown in the montage. He fights the giant boar. Um, yes. Slay the Stymphalian uh, st- birds, right? He actually fights a giant bird in the montage and sticks it in the cage. Uh, cleaning the Argian stables in a single day. Uh, Phil mentions that a king needs his stable cleaned and not to wear his new sandals, right? Yes. Okay, so that's mentioned. Um, obtain the girdle of Hippolyta, queen of the Amazons. Uh, Phil mentions that he has to go get a girdle with the- from the Amazons. Um, Capture the golden hind of Artemis. Uh, not actually directly mentioned, but uh, there are pictures of the golden hind all over the walls in Hercules' palace. Okay. Uh, hind mm-hmm. is a deer, by the way, folks, for those who don't speak Greek. Yes. I guess I should probably say that. <laughs> yeah, prob-
0: good to clear that up.
1: Yeah. Good to clear that up. So let's see. Uh, capture and bring back Cerebus. Uh, when he's busting into the underworld, obviously he beats up Cerebus to do so. Um, yes. uh, and capturing the Cretian Bull is the last one that's referenced, and that's because they show him battling the Minotaur, who happens to be the son of the Crecian Bull. There you go.
0: Okay. Nine out of twelve. That's not Nine bad. Nine out of twelve.
1: The three that are not shown are stealing the mares of Diane Melody's. Uh, we, we won't get into what those are. They're probably a good reason why that's not in the movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> obtain the mon- the cattle of the monster of Geryon. uh they mean by cattle they mean children just so everybody understands and then steal the apples of hesperides and i guess because they would have had to get into atlas and because they're already messing up the titans which we didn't even discuss because titans yeah. are not forces of nature they were the gods before the gods were the gods in greek mythology there you go Okay, Um, and Atlas was one of them, and he's a Titan, technically, and that's actually covered correctly in um, in the animated series that follows that this show uh, gets spun off into.
0: Well, there you go. But the Titans is a good place to start because that's when the movie opens. We get the the Greek chorus, only it's it's a neat spin on the Greek chorus in that it's uh, a, a female singing group, sort of a gospel group, and they sing the story of the Titans and them being imprisoned by the Greek god Zeus under, under the earth. So the Titans, like you said, were the gods before the gods. Here they're depicted as forces of nature, earth and ice and fire or lava uh, and wind. And they're imprisoned below the earth. And then Zeus moves on to have a son, Hercules. And that's how we open the movie, is Zeus and Hera uh, greeting their son, Hercules, but it's Hades, the James Woods character, shows up uh, to, to uh, wants to overthrow Zeus because he learned he, – he you know he doesn't agree with Zeus's rule basically because he's a sleazy agent character, uh, and he turns to the Fates and finds out that in eighteen years he will be able to free the Titans and conquer Olympus. But if Her, if Hercules fights, then he will lose. Yes, and so that's he he sends lot for the movie. Yeah. He sends his minions to, to steal Hercules, Pain and Panic, played by Bobcat, Goldquate, and Matt Frewer, who you might know as Max Headroom. Yes. And, and they steal Hercules from, from Olympus. They give him a sort of poison that turns him from immortal to mortal, but right at the last minute, they're scared away by Ampatron and Alphimini, who show up and adopt Hercules, but... He is basically, at that point, drink all but the last drop, which means he still has his superhuman strength. Uh, even as they turn into snakes and try to attack him and finish him off, he's able to grab them and sort of tie them in knots and throw them around, which uh, astounds his soon-to-be foster parents. And that's a reference to Hera, because she originally sent snakes to kill him Yes, a- as a baby. But that's the basics, right? So Hercules is cast out of Olympus because he can't live there as a mortal, and he has to earn his way back into Olympus, which again echoes the myth. So that that actually kind of gets to part of my issue with the movie. So uh, initially, the first few times, the first time I saw it in the theater, I really liked it, and the, and uh, I have it on DVD and have watched it many times since. This last time through, having been through as many films as we have for this and and for the website and. Uh, just in life in general. I, one thing I noticed about this is the majority of the story of the film is told through montage or song. Okay. And that... Like, so we don't get a lot of insight into the characters. We do get some into Hercules and some into Meg. But for the most part, the real conflicts in the story take place, uh, with the exception, of course, of the last set piece, the action most of the conflicts in the story take place in these montages like the training for example you know yes. it's all a big montage a training montage we don't even get a moment of you know, outside of a song that's that's part of his training and that sort of a thing
2: the only part that that is not montaged is that beginning part where where hercules is messing up constantly before he finds out who he is,
0: right? Yep. Uh,
2: and I really think that could have been. I don't know. I don't know what that could have been. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that they're showing it for, and I'm sure there's a reason why they showed that. Why they showed that to us? But I just found it a little bit awkward, considering it's never re-referenced.
0: Well, I I, I agree with you because I think. That so, what you're talking about is right after what we just talked about. The teenage Hercules shows up to the forum with his father and ends up, you know, trying to fit in and wrecking the entire forum. And that part works fine if other pieces of the movie were done in similar way. Like I said, if we had gotten a bit of a similar bit in the training sequence or a similar bit, uh, we do get a little bit in the in the him becoming a hero, defeating all the monsters, but it sort of is in isolation because everything else is montaged. So just a little taste of each of of his stages of development, I think would have made it a stronger film. Mm -hmm. But I also feel like they kind of, they kind of had a lot of masters to serve with this movie. And you can tell because there's like, there's the core story, which I think is actually quite strong of, of Hercules becoming a hero. But then there's the musical aspect of it, which I think the songs are
1: great, but they don't work in the movie. (laughs) necessarily? No. Oh, I I guess I kind of like the song the song's telling the story a bit. That's because I don't here's why cuz I like ballads and I kind of sort of feel that that's what they are. Yeah. Okay. And I cuz I think ballads do tell a story. Yeah, don't get me wrong.
0: I really think I think the songs in this are fabulous. Like, the songs themselves are very good, and I think to some degree they do help tell the story, but in, when I was watching this the other night, I was watching it with Sally, and I said, you know, this didn't have to be a musical. Like, the story is strong enough that it didn't have to be a musical, but everything Disney made at that time was a musical, you know what I mean? Like, now they have gotten to the point where they don't necessarily use songs as much, mm-hmm. but I feel like this actually could have been a stronger movie without the songs, even though, this, even though like I said, the songs are great. I think every single song is very good, and it helps to move the story along, but I think the movie itself could have been even stronger without them.
1: Okay. I could buy into
0: that.
2: The only problem, again, I have is that they did re-reference the forum, and I'm probably the only one hitching on this. But it would be nice to see him either, when he was older, go back and rebuild the forum and, and realize what he had done, you know, gone so back instead of going to Thebes and, and, and never seeing you know never going back to the forum or or somebody or saying hey aren't you that guy that wrecked the forum or something like that I don't know I'm just,
1: it, I, I think they were just, just making something
2: a, I have in my head they I'm were talking.
1: making a joke because it, it was destroyed like that when it, we really discovered it in modern times so I think they were just making the joke as that that's how it got destroyed that way
0: yeah, I, I think too. It was meant to be an example, right? Like this is some. It, it's obvious from the from the reactions, of the other characters, and things like this is not the first time something like this has happened with him. And that's what I was getting at earlier. It's like this is an example of the larger character and what he's where he is in that stage of his life, right? And that's what I felt like in the training montage. We didn't we, we missed out on. We didn't get that.
1: Okay. Can I also say that I I kind of sort of feel like we get a when they, you know, they kind of start, start singing the intro song, the gospel truth, right? And then they kind of, there's like a bit of yeah. stuff that goes on, and then they kind of finish it out with with like a Hades verse to the same song. Yeah. I still kind of sort of feel like Hades' motivation was not really well told.
0: No, I agree. I agree, yeah.
1: I mean, completely. because, so here's the thing, right? It, it, this It's another point where the myth diverges into the movie, is clearly K- in here it's implied that Zeus gave Hades the Underworld, and Hades is not too happy with it. But there's no real explanation as to why he's not happy with it. He's just not happy, right? There's no backstory there. Exactly. Um, In in the real mythology, um, Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus draw lots to see who gets what. And uh, so Poseidon gets the ocean, Hades gets the Underworld, and Zeus gets Mount Olympus. That's how it actually works out. So. Yep.
0: No, it's, it, I I agree. Hades is Hades character he doesn't really necessarily have one except for what James Woods puts into the voice acting. You know what I mean? Like it's not there in the script, I don't think. He's just he wants to take over the world. And and to be fair, I don't think it's necessarily important because the story's not about him. He's just sort of he sort of instigates the whole thing, but the story's about Hercules, so... Yeah. I think it was a valid choice they made, but I agree. He's, he's sort of a cypher. He's sort of the generic villain, and it's only James Wood's performance that sort of elevates him above that.
1: True, true.
0: And, and does so really, really well. I oh, no, add, no, no, there's no it's...
1: argument there. I mean, <laughs> Hades is a very enjoyable character in this. I just feel like if we're going to talk about anyone who's, not, who's got no development, it's... It's his character.
0: Yeah. No, you're right.
1: I mean, I, because, even so, I, I even sort of feel like Zeus is more developed than Hades is, and Zeus is barely in the movie by comparison. Right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Zeus actually shows up next because Hercules, they, you know, his parents tell him that they found him with this necklace. He goes to the temple of Zeus, and the statue of Zeus comes to life and tells Hercules the whole story about him being... Uh, a, a god who, who has to regain his, his godhood by being a true hero, and sends, him, uh, sends for Pegasus, who takes him over to Philictetes, who's going to train him, or Phil for short. Yes,
1: I, You know what I find funny about him going to the, the Temple of Zeus? Is that as he's wandering through the middle of nowhere, there's all these signs that people have hung with arrows pointing towards the temple? Yes,
0: <laughs> well, that's what I, that's that's what I mean, like about this movie being like almost like Shrek light, because it's like you, there's that stuff, and then the stuff we'll talk about later when we get to the you know the merchandising and things around him being a, a hero. It's very much a commentary. You know, there's there's a level of this movie that's a commentary on the nature of fame and the nature of society. It's it's not it's done with a light touch, so it's not you know heavy-handed or anything, but it's definitely there, and I think you see that carried forward in, in other other animated films, you know, from this point forward.
1: I mean, you're right because let's face it, um, Disney in this movie really almost makes uh, fun of themselves. Because of the the whole merchandise gimmick absolutely that's going yes. on, which is exactly what was it. But let me tell you, folks, some of those things you could actually buy in uh in in what was then MGM Studios, was not Disney's Hollywood Studios back when they used to have yep. the Hercules Parade and Hercules was bigger than fire. You could actually buy a drink mug that looked like that and stuff like that. So it's kind of sort of like they were planning a little ahead, or they were just enjoying the whole thing.
2: Actually, Gordon's old favorite treat was was named after Hercules. That's
1: right. Oh my gosh. So they used to have this thing called the Goofy Bar and then when Hercules came in, right, they renamed it to the Hercules Bar and it was the best thing. It was this chocolate, uh, the van- the vanilla chocolate dip cone but with like a wedge of caramel on the side of it. It was awesome. Ooh, that awesome. sounds good. <laughs> they don't
0: have All right, any so we're going to wrap anymore. this up so we can go find some of these. <laughs> so
2: what we're going to do is it's, it's, it's Studios of Weirdness week. We're going to ask, everyone, we're going to ask, everyone, write in letters now, bring back the Goofy slash Hercules bar.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Although this will be released after, like, uh, two weeks after that, but... Oh, it's
2: okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah. no, but that's right. Write in the letters anyway. Tell them to bring back the Hercules bar. Heck, bring back Hercules to the parks. How about that?
0: I'll take the Hercules parade over that Pixar play thing. Yes. I remember the Hercules parade. I liked it.
1: Hercules and then the Mulan parade, which was essentially the same parade but with the different characters. And yes. Yeah, they were Completely. both great parades. They really were.
0: Ah, uh, those were the days. Back yeah. in my
1: day. Ah, so. yes, I remember <laughs> it well.
0: So that's when we we meet Phil, played the satyr, played by Danny DeVito. Yes. Uh, who, who brings his best uh, curmudgeon to the table? <laughs> would you say in this voice acting?
1: Is, is it, can I just say, is that, isn't that all that Danny DeVito does, curmudgeon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's his role in life. <laughs> and he's really good <laughs> at it. I mean, he's, you know... Yes, he is. Well done.
0: <laughs> That's why he and uh, Rhea Perlman get along so well, between yeah. Carla and, and his curmudgeon you know. But so that 's where and Phil goes through the whole thing, like you mentioned earlier about Achilles and how he 's trained plenty of heroes in the past, but none of them have really lived up to to anything, including achilles and in his and his heel <laughs> and we get we get the the training montage where we have Hercules growing from a teenager into a man uh, as he is training with phil
1: yes L- although Phil did not originally want to train him, but it 's not until Zeus strikes him with a lightning bolt that he does so let 's just. Yes, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Rise
0: him up good.
1: Yes. I I I do like uh plus he keeps doing that joke where he's uh where he, he goes two words and he says like four or five words like the I am yes. two words, I am retired. <laughs> and then he goes two words okay <laughs> And then he trains up. Uh the training montage like you said it it's got references in it. Um probably the the most important the most interesting references in the training montage is the Karate Kid reference. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there's actually two Karate Kid references in it, but the one that stands out more than the other is uh the one where they're on the poles on the beach doing the kick practicing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a very overt one no doubt.
1: <laughs> you, you think
0: yeah, with Pegasus too. That's my favorite part of that scene is Pegasus doing the uh, the kicks.
1: Pegasus for a, for what is essentially a mime character is very entertaining, and I think that carries forward. Is, is for some strange reason Disney does horses really well.
0: We've talked about this. They yes. need a line of Disney horses toys.
1: Yes, they do. Disney ponies.
0: I'm just saying. Between uh, Maximus. Uh, Philippe from Beauty and the Beast, Pegasus. I mean, the horses steal the show they in really every movie. Do.
2: Yeah, I, and, I don't know and why. And there's going to be a new horse coming out and brave too. That's right. That's right.
0: They've already got the toys. I saw them in the Magic Kingdom.
1: Yeah, there are already toys. Lots of toys. <laughs> <laughs> Did, include, including the uh, Merida with zombies brain-sucking action.
0: I haven't seen that one.
1: Yeah, it's a drinky, it's a sippy cup where the strike's coming out of the back of her head. That's kind of scary. Yeah, really it is. So, uh, the the training montage, sorry just to go back, is... is yes, please. I, I kind of find it funny, because it, it's, they're, um... You know, oh, like it's the, very funny. Like the Like when he bends his sword in half and throws it like a boomerang, things like that. And then that crazy final test where it's like everything that he's fought all all at him at once... Yes. <laughs> I just kind of like, it's graduation day is what I think of when I see that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the whole, the whole montage is great. I think, I think it's very funny. Um, I just, like, I would have liked one, one little snippet of Phil training him and him, like, there's a moment in the montage where he's just basically given up and he throws his sword without looking and it hits the bullseye. Yep. I felt like that was too big of a moment to put in the montage. I would have liked to have that moment like expanded on a little bit. You know, some, mm-hmm. There's nothing that, that shows him – there's no moment between the two characters that shows him turning that corner.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. It, I, mean, I, 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 I guess – I mean they, they seem to have some kind of a bond, but you're right. There's absolutely. no – you never see the development of the bond. I guess that's, I guess that's a good point.
0: Or, or not necessarily even the bond, although, yes, I mean, that it, the bond between the two of them is not necessarily that important to the movie. Because, again, it's Hercules' story, it's not Phil's story. But it, just the moment of him going from, you know, like they're talking about from later, from Zero to Hero, uh, you, you don't get that other than that little snippet in the montage, which is great. I mean, it's done well, but I would have liked to have seen that expanded on, that's all. Not saying it's bad. It's, it's it's actually quite good, and I enjoy the song too. The one last hope song.
2: Well, according to song to one, of the song that actually is a part of this is Phil's story, because um, you know it, Phil has given up at this point in time, and he really yeah. does really does think that nothing's going to happen anymore. Yeah, it's sort of a... I would have liked to see that expanded on. I mean, we had something where we, you know, maybe we did some flashbacks instead of Phil singing it to us about all these, you know, all these failures, and that might have been a better scene. But um, I definitely agree that he, you know, it, should, it could have been, you know, it, it could have done a little throwback in there.
0: Yeah, I think this, the, the whole thing about Phil and not having had a successful uh, hero is a great subplot. You know, like it's a it's, his story is basically he hasn't had somebody who's been able who's been able to make it as a hero, and this is this is sort of his last shot, which is what the song's about. Yeah. But once they once they finish the training, uh, they head out to Thebes. That's the bi- the nearby big city. They're going to go to the big times, and when they're on the way. They, they, see, they hear Meg scream and they go down and the centaur Nessus is, is menacing Meg and we get the fight between Hercules and Nessus. Although Meg is not a damsel in distress, which I have to – I love about that character, right? She's like, I got it under control even as she's being squeezed to death by Nessus.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, they have uh, – even though she gets a little wishy-washy towards the end of the movie, uh, she's a very strong character – And I don't understand why um, Disney basically has kicked her out of the parks. In the the U.S. anyway. I know she's still overseas a little bit. But... Right. I'm not real clear on that. I mean, because a lot of people say all the time that they don't have strong female characters. You know, and Disney's trying to do better at that. I mean, princesses are princesses and they're nice. But at the end of the day, they have their problems because of uh, you know, their relationships. She doesn't have problems because of her relationship. Her the person that she's trying to have a relationship with has problems because of her. It's the other way around, so it's very the role there's a lot yeah. of role reverser there. Of the two, she's actually the stronger person, despite that he's physically stronger.
0: Yeah, completely. Uh, and I think I think part of the issue is exactly what you just said. She's not a princess, so she doesn't fit into the synergistic nature of the company at the moment.
1: Right. Which, like I pointed out earlier, folks, in the mythology, she is a princess. I don't know why they took that away, because this would have been a perfect opportunity, and it was, like, a real princess kind of thing in the story.
0: But was was the whole Disney princesses thing didn't exist back then, did it? The Um, whole merchandise
1: line and all that? It it did not. But but there were Disney princesses, and they did do that sort of thing. They just weren't considered that way.
2: The only thing I can see is why they may have not gone this way. I'm must saying it based on because she 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 well, did sell her soul to the devil. To Hades. good point. Hades yes. Not the devil. Good point. Well, but it's the equivalent of the Greek equivalent of the devil. Yeah. Okay. So um, so that's the only thing that I can see that would have made her, you know. Like all the other princesses seem pure at the beginning and we know she was not pure in the beginning. We know she she made a bargain because she had a you know, she was trying to save somebody. Right. And and when we when we meet her, you know, she's obviously been through the ringer a few times at this point, it sounds like even more than what she what well, we know.
1: Like you said, she's 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 not winning, right? At this point in time, um, she's losing quite a bit, actually. And we're talking about the Charlie Sheen type winning, right? That's what he meant, right? She is, <laughs> she is not winning at this point. She's, no. Hades is Hades is adding to her sentence, and on, on, on. Because even though she's given her soul to him, she can't get it back because he keeps, you know, building what she owes him. So, like, she's, like, soul plus two years, soul plus five years, you know. He keeps adding time. And then he, you know, so that, that plays importantly towards the end of the movie.
2: And the equivalent equivalences would be, like, Dr. Facilier keeps adding on to his time. Who? From Dr. Facilier, from...
1: Oh, Dr. Facilier, sorry. Yes. Yes, yes you're right.
2: He, he keeps <laughs> adding on to his debt in the movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because we find out right after Hercules, you know, saves her and has to fly off to Thebes, but is thoroughly smitten with her. That, like you said, he, she is in league with Hades because she sold her soul to him uh, to save a man who would not do the same for her. Let's put
2: it that way.
1: Yes, and you get a slight, and you, again, you get Disney making a dig at themselves, right? Because here they here the line is, "Oh look, a couple of rodents looking for a theme park." Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's it's See, very.
0: So so let me ask you this, and we won't stay on this topic for very long. But what do you think of that sort of humor?
1: I I think honestly I kind of find it cute because I think that um. I, I think that if a if a company or a person is able to poke fun at themselves, I think that they're probably more comfortable with themselves. So I think what it says to me is Disney is comfortable with what they do. Right. Enough to be able to make the jokes about themselves that other people don't necessarily want to say out loud.
0: I agree with that sentiment completely. Like I love the fact that they can poke fun at themselves, and they do it quite a lot actually. Uh, I just don't know that in an animated film is the place for it. That's that's always been my concern. This is why I'm probably the only person who – I despise Shrek, the movie. I don't think it's very good. Because I don't like that kind of humor in in these movies. Like, if you're telling a fairy tale or other type story, there should be a timeless element to it, to my mind. So I didn't, like, although that joke is funny and it plays well in the movie, I I just kind of think, like, it's not necessarily the place for it. But that's just a personal taste thing. That's not saying it was not good, because it is.
2: Okay. Let me ask you you this, Brian. Have you... um? Have you seen clips or about um, villains tonight?
0: Uh, clips. From, from Not the, much of it, though.
2: Because cause this totally. I mean, this totally reminds me of like villains tonight. He he totally goes. I mean, the the actor that that this totally you know totally goes really you know off the cuff a lot.
0: Yeah. No, you're right. But, so, they get to, once they get to Thebes, uh, the citizens in Thebes are not exactly uh, what you would call welcoming to Hercules. They don't necessarily <laughs> believe that uh, that he can provide the heroism they are looking for.
1: They refer to him as an amateur, and I kind of thought that was kind of funny. Because it's true. Yes. But... It's kind of what are you funny. supposed
0: to do to not be an amateur? You know.
1: <laughs> right, and and they can, well, he makes that he he does go and try and make that point to them. Um, also, Phil gets mad because they're all like, "What is some kind of Achilles?" And you know, so there's that whole Achilles thing again coming back to haunt Phil. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is kind of crazy. But so we have we have that moment, and but shortly thereafter, uh, Meg shows up in town and and summons him over to a gorge and says. You know, these two boys are, are, are trapped there. He goes and he frees the two boys. And as soon as they run around the corner, we find out that the, the two boys are actually pain and panic. And what Hercules has done is release the Hydra. And this is where we get the, the, one of the first combos of, or, or not the first, but one of the most extensive combinations of computer-generated characters in an animated film as the Hydra is completely cg uh, when Hercules goes to fight it and when you watch it now you kind of cringe a little bit I don't know if you're like me when you look at that versus other films but at the I, time it looked spectacular
1: I guess I, I still think for the in the type of animated film that it, it's in it looks spectacular if it was in another movie it wouldn't look great at all because it looks like if it, if you put that inside a live movie it would look like Pete's Dragon or rather Pete's yes. Hydra Pete's Hydra in this <laughs> case okay but um but the, but the truth of the matter is, inside the movie with the art that's in this movie, I think it works no matter what. That's just my yeah, feeling I mean, when it, you look it, at some of the other things that are going on.
0: It, 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 I think it works for the movie, but I'm just saying, like, when you look at it now compared to, like, you know, looking at something like Brave, <laughs> you kind of go, wow.
1: Well, yes, but, I mean, you're also, you know, there's, there's uh, a long time between that.
0: Don't tell me that. That makes me feel old.
1: Well. um, (laughs) There's a reason for that? Is that what you're
0: saying?
1: uh, No comment. Continue. Uh, No. So um, I kind of like, too, that uh, because it's Bob Goldwaite and uh, Matt Frewer who are also Ed libbers just like apparently James Wood is, as we said, um, they kind of – I think it's Bob Goldwaite says, somebody call IXII, which is like telling them to call 911. Yes. <laughs> I kind of just like that, uh, that little thing. It makes me think of Yeehaw Bob when he sings 18 wheels on the truck in Roman numerals. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but, of course, Hercules manages to defeat the Hydra, and then we get our, our zero-to-hero montage that Todd mentioned when we were talking about the 12 labors. Uh, where Hercules fights every monster known to man uh, and, and becomes a hero. We talk, and even in the song, they mention the merchandise and the action figures and all the different things that you know. And again, this is this is where we get the Hydra moment, where he's at the beginning of his career, and then it sort of flash forwards to now he's a fully established hero.
1: Yeah, because he he basically keeps winning. That's what the song actually is saying is. He has, you know, he has no losses. You know, everything keeps going his way. Um, They make fun of Nike, which is funny by having Air Herc ads because Nike is a goddess of swiftness, right? I think that's what it is, right? Yep. And that's why Nike, the sneaker company, is that name, and Air Herc is Air Jordan, and it's like – the the tile mosaic that 's on the wall of him leaping wearing his sandals that was actually a poster that Nike had put out as an advertisement that was of the goddess Nike wearing their sneakers instead of sandals, leaping, so they were making fun of that yep. um, there 's a lot of fun little references in here there's a there 's a American express card that 's called grecian express um, I think that 's kind of you know very. Because he's got the money rolling in, so he's like can have a credit card. You know, that's that was back then. That was still a a, a status symbol. now everyone in their grandmother has a credit card. Look where we are. Um, <laughs> I do like how him and um, Pegasus are doing uh, paw prints and hand prints at a at a Grumman's theater type setup.
0: Yes, I I, I enjoy that part.
1: <laughs> um, there's um, there's a constellation that's Marilyn Monroe as he flies by. That's. That's you know cutesy, right? But you know my yes. favorite my favorite little thing that's in the montage is
0: what's that Tom?
1: There's a reference to the original Superman cartoons in it, where he where he flies up to a volcano and corks it with a giant rock. That's actually literally a scene from us from one of the animated Superman cartoons.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, so it's uh. It's it's pretty cool because st- if you you gotta when you go back if you want to look at it afterwards just take two seconds and find that scene and you'll see it. Oh, don't you worry, sir. <laughs> now you're going to, huh? I am, yes. Yeah, yes. yes. Uh, there's a lot of. Uh, by the way, I should mention this now. There's a lot of controversy discussion out there about um, this movie being patterned after a Superman story. Um, I wouldn't buy into that stuff. That the people who wrote that up really don't know what they're talking about. I'm just going to say that.
0: Well, there these you go. Are the,
1: these are the same people who say that uh, Pain and Panic are supposed to be Phobos and Demos, which they're not. <laughs> no. Just, <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> on and on and on. Yes. But,
0: again, going back to the, the Musker and Clements theme that they tend to hit on, so Hercules has become this big hero, but he's still, he's there in his palace... And he, he can't, he, he's just not happy, right? Because he goes to see Zeus, and Zeus tells him, you know, you're not a true hero yet. And he lists off, you know, all the, all the demons and monsters and things that he's beaten, but Zeus still says you're not a true hero. right Meanwhile, Hades, of course, is still trying to figure out a way to kill him, because the time is getting closer and closer to when he can free uh, the Titans and start to take over Olympus. Meanwhile, pain and Panic are wearing his merchandise.
1: (laughs) I I want to back up for a second because it's important to note that this goes to what you were saying earlier about the themes of the the movie. Because that scene with uh, Zeus sums up what's going on in the movie, right? Is Hercules thinks that just beating monsters is the way to get his immortality and go back to Mount Olympus. Zeus tells him explicitly in this scene that despite that he's beaten everything, despite that he has no losses – Okay, winning and being famous is not the same as being a hero, okay, yes, and he tells him to look inside his heart um, it's It's important to note that what he's that this this is the key to the movie, and Hercules doesn't get it at this point I'm not even sure he actually no. ever gets it. It just kind of happens
0: I think he gets it at the last yeah, the nature of being a hero you're correct, I think what. Uh, Zeus ends up understanding what Hercules ends up understanding is what he was really needing is someone that he would lay down his life for and he, it's re- he doesn't even get that until the very last moment of the
2: movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so here's my problem. Zeus had sent Hercules to to train them and you don't think Philotes would have known this? Known what? That he would have had to lay down his life.
1: No, I don't think so. Okay. Philotides is about the... It, he trains heroes to fight, not to be heroes. Okay. Right? That I think that's an important distinction.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, he had sent him to Philotides to get trained, and, and, and even at some point he's talking with Philotides like, why haven't I gone there yet? And you know,
1: Phil has no clue. Yeah, well, that's what happens in the next scene, actually, because he's upset and goes to talk to Phil. Yeah, that's when you know the whole the whole thing with him and the and his palace. And this is the only time we ever see the palace is this scene here.
0: No, I found it odd because this it's this very detailed set that they've constructed. Like you said, there's there's references in the background and everything. And we just get this idea that, you know, hey, here is, this is where Hercules, the hero, lives. We don't have a real idea of how he got it or anything like that. And I realize this is not important to the story, but it's just, I just found it odd. It's like, they don't use that setting for much of anything. It's just yeah. sort of there.
1: It, it, it could be because it's designed to look like the Playboy Mansion. I'm just saying. Yeah,
0: could be. <laughs> but it's because of this, he gets a little depressed and... uh Meg shows up at the bidding of Hades and uh, escorts him out, and they go out on a a, a date, basically, uh, for the rest of the day. And they end up at this nice pool area uh, with a bunch of statue a statue garden, I guess is what it is. And she has been tasked by Hades to try and figure out what weakness he has, but in the meantime, she's falling in love with him.
1: He's being very honest with her at this point. That's... That's yes. It's not helping the harsh situation at all.
0: <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he. I don't think he has another mode besides honest.
2: Yeah, he,
1: he's. He's just a big boy scout. Yeah, you know it's. He's just you know super nice. He's sitting here going. You know, despite all his strength, despite being the son of Zeus and all this stuff, all he ever really wanted to do is be normal. Right? Yes. Well, well he But he says, like everybody else. He doesn't say normal. He says, like everybody else. And she goes, what? Petty and dishonest? So, obviously, their worldviews are very, very different, right? Because she's been scarred and he's not been. But he's about to be. Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, she... It, it, that's the interesting thing about about Meg is she's very much a contemporary character. You know, she's a she is a character of the time of which this movie was made, and I would argue, you know, from going forward from this time, like you would not have a heroine like this in in the forties or the fifties, and certainly not in Greek mythology. She's a, definitely a character of the time. Yeah. Um, which again is interesting. It, it, it's so interesting to me that. They took a movie that's ostensibly about Greek mythology, but made it a modern film.
1: By the way, I wouldn't say not founded in Greek mythology, because you need to go read Persephone stuff again if you're saying that.
2: Yeah, okay. Good point. (laughs) So, uh, the one person that I want to kind of compare her to, um, her modern-day equivalent, uh, who is obviously the better interrogation than her, is Black Widow.
0: I love it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I, just, I mean, I'm just like, come on, you can do better than that. <laughs> but she does remind me of, like, Black Widow because she's there, you know, interrogating him, asking, you know, okay, what can you know, what are your interests, you know, kind That's of right. swerving around it.
1: I, I I do like that she's like, does your heel bother you? <laughs> you know, yes. that whole that whole series of things that she goes through with him. That is kind of cute because she lists off all the problems that everyone else had, right? But their deal gets broken up.
0: Yes, they get they get broken up because Phil has to come and claim Hercules because Hercules skipped out on all his training, and that's when we get uh, the song or we get the song of uh, of Meg where she's, you know, I I won't say I'm in love, which again I love that song. Uh, it's it's a really great song. This is the this is the one song in the movie that I feel like works really well in telling the story of the movie because uh, you could you could have her do this you could have her do this talking to herself sort of thing without the song but it, I don't know that it would have worked as well um, and, and of course we get the, the gospel chorus as the bust from the Haunted Mansion so that's always a bonus
1: <laughs> <laughs> That is pretty cute that they do that too Then things yes. do take a turn for the worse
0: yeah Yeah because well, Phil is there. He fell off of Pegasus. Yes. And he's unconscious while the song's going on. But when he wakes up, he sees the fact Hades comes, comes to play and is talking with Meg about how she's supposed to be probing for weaknesses. And Phil immediately realizes that, you know, the, the poor kid Hercules has been set up and he's in love and this is going to crush him. He goes back to tell Hercules, and Hercules basically throws him into a box, into a stand of weights. Uh, so in, in one fell swoop hercules turns his back on phil then hades comes in and offers the chance for him to give up his powers for 24 hours but meg has to remain unharmed basically says look i'm gonna do some horrible things but meg will be safe if you give up your powers for the next 24 hours
1: yes um there's that uh and meanwhile he also um doesn't just have his strength removed, he also removes um, Pegasus from the picture as well. Yes. Because
0: pain and panic uh, seduce him.
1: Yes. <laughs> Strangely. <laughs> <laughs> they pretend to be a female Pegasus. It's not pretty, folks.
0: No. No. And then female Pegasus splits in half and, you know.
1: Yes, it's... uh it's interesting. But yeah, but that's the fundamental deal, right? Like you said is that is that you give up your strength and he says I'll do it but no harm can come to Meg and Hades agrees. Right.
0: Well, it's like in one in, in, a, in one like two or three minute sequence basically, he turns his back on Phil, he turns his back on his godhood and he turns his back on his heroism. You know, just all in this one sort of sequence because he's, he's he hits rock bottom basically.
1: Well, yeah, but also remember he he asks he he asked for the no harm coming to Meg because Hades is holding Meg hostage, or so it appears
2: right, right?
1: but as soon as as soon as they shake it, the deal is made, okay, and it, it, the deal is bonded by magic, they kind of have a little magic spark go, so that 's supposed to be what 's going on here, folks is that it's not like it, it's not like they can just back out of it. it happens no matter what neither one of them has a choice they what they agree to what they' do but at that moment, um, as soon as um, the deal is struck, Hades then tells his whole everything that's really going on and thus thus driving the final spike home in through uh hercules' heart basically
0: yeah but but remember there's that whole line about Hercules asks him you know people are going to get hurt, aren't they and Hades you know kind of diverts his attention a little bit, but Hercules knows that if he does this people are going to get hurt so you could argue the heroic thing to do would be to turn his back on meg and say i'm sorry you're going to have to die but you know i'm going to save these other people kind of a thing it's it it's not like it's a good situation where there's a good choice to be made but he definitely makes the easier of the choices i would say
1: because he's done right yeah exactly yeah, I mean, there's, he's, he, at that moment, feels he has nothing left in him. You know, he's lost, like you said, he's lost his mentor. He's, you know, his love is captured. He doesn't know what to do. He, he doesn't know a way He out.
2: hasn't got his god back yet. He can't figure out why he is why he not getting the godship yet. Right.
1: He hasn't, figured yeah. out the, he hasn't figured out the game yet. You know, that kind of thing. And so it's all, the world is conspiring against him, so he conspires against the world. I mean, that's, you know, he flashes back.
0: It's it's a really great moment I think for the for the movie because it's not something you typically see in Disney films. It's it's a typical story structure in that you know you've got to have the dark turn before the before the you know the climax of the film. But you know typically in Disney films the the it's not the hero who makes the dark turn. It's it's you know situations and things like that. Mm. So I thought it was a good move. Yes.
1: Or but or the typing t- black suits. Sorry. <laughs>
0: the titans get unleashed by hades they go and they they destroy they capture olympus whereas uh, a cyclops is sent to thebes to fill, to kill hercules and it's only because meg goes climbs onto peg frees pegasus and goes to get phil the three of them together hercules decides to go out and fight or he's out there fighting but he's not doing very well but they inspire him to actually you know use his brain and and start to attack the Cyclops and he manages to defeat it
1: yes by causing it to fall off the, a cliff by after blinding it so like an adat. like an adat? at oh yes yeah he yeah, kind that, of yeah yeah it's true yeah, I that's didn't how he beat, that's but, how he beats him does that count as our Star, Star Wars, Wars reference
2: connection alright actually one of the voices of young Hercules also has also been the Star Wars video games
1: ah Thanks. see <laughs> Cheryl had Cheryl had a real one we just made one up didn't work Cheryl, Cheryl Tronstar made up one as, as she normally will. Yes. I think she needs to, like, breathe like Darth Vader when she does that. No. You no?
2: Know,
1: not <laughs> happening? Right. I think not. All right.
2: Go uh, so ask but, James uh, Hill. I'm sure he'll help you.
0: <laughs> All right. We'll send him a note. But <laughs> while he's defeating the, the Cyclops, uh, the Cyclops is huge. So when it falls, a column falls over, and it's about to call on Hercules, Meg dives over, knocks him out of the way, and the column falls on her instead. But because no harm was supposed to come to her, uh, that immediately allows Hercules to regain his super strength. Yes. Unfortunately, Meg is dying.
1: Right. But, and he wants to stay with her, but she basically says, no, go fight Hades.
0: Which is exactly what he does.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Freeze Olympus. No, he he fe- he he fights the Titans, he frees Zeus, uh Pegasus kicks butt on pain and panic. Um and then I like how he ends up defeating them. He he He, yes. he uses the wind one to suck up the rest of them and then throws them into space. It's very smart. Yes. Smart.
0: Yes. But again, Meg is dying, and in fact, does die because hades Hades takes her to the underworld, and you know phil says well you can't we can 't bring her back and Hercules gets this little i don 't know if you'd call it a twinkle in his eye, as much as determination, as you said earlier, barges into the underworld with cerebrus and tosses him in front of Hades uh, and says he wants to reclaim Meg's soul, but Meg is swimming in the I don't know if you'd call it the well of souls, but that's what i call it. This
1: yeah, it's, it's, giant well, green it's, the river, it's the river Styx it's the, that leads into where, like you said, it's the well of, it is the well of souls, but that's not what the Greeks called it. But that's a good enough description to get the is. point across, yeah. Yeah,
0: and, but he can't reach in there to get her because he would die after, with prolonged exposure. But he makes a deal with Hades and says, you know, I rescue her and you get to keep me. And they make the deal, but the problem is he has to get to her first. And when he dives into the river, he's dying slowly, slowly, slowly. He finally reaches her, and that's when he gets his godhood because he was willing to lay down his life for Meg.
1: I, I kind of like how they did this too, right? Because earlier in the movie they show the fates. One of them makes the strings and the other one cuts the strings right that's and one of them determines how long the strings is that that's the three that's what the three fates do right and the, is, the strands or strings represent the life of a person okay and so one decides when they how one makes them live one makes them die and one decides how long between the two that's what the fates are they try and do this to hercules as they take out his thread and they're about to cut it but just as they go to cut it, it turns gold and they can't cut it with their scissors because he's immortal at that point. So they can't be responsible for the end of his life any longer.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a very neat trick. And I also like the way he kind of floats up when he grabs, um, when he grabs Meg. He sort of, like, appears at the top of the, the I don't know what you'd call it, the cliff overlooking yeah. the river.
1: Because he's no longer he he's no longer dying, right? So he can't he can't be wherever those souls are going.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. So.
0: So he managed, and that's that's the story. He gets his godhood. He goes back to Olympus, uh, and he's being welcomed with open arms as a, as a god. Hades gets thrown into the river Styx. Uh, <laughs> but. But this is the moment where Hercules you know sees Meg walking away as he's being welcomed into Olympus and decides no I'm going to stay on earth with her yep and and, and they go down to Thebes where he's hailed as a true hero and her, Zeus paints a portrait of him in the stars and somebody finally says you know that's Phil's boy yep so we and get every, everybody gets, gets a happy ending except for Hades
1: except for Hades which well you know
2: who does come back in the sources of the Magic Kingdom? So he does. There you go.
1: Yes. Um, I want to uh, just mention for a moment that there is um, not a sequel to this movie, but one of those midquel things. Remember, you're talking about uh, how there's a lot missing from the middle of the movie. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I, I'm afraid this this uh, the the movie. Uh, there's that was a directed DVD called Hercules Zero to Hero is the midquill for this that takes place between young Hercules and older Hercules
2: mhm
1: yeah. yeah I know you I know you want to hear that but there you go and, and I oh no no that, I, I, I've seen the midquill yeah ok and the animated series also takes place in that time period as well right if I'm not mistaken yes. so yes, the animated you know. series was actually not bad to no be fair. I think, No, it was pretty good you know
0: I just figured it bears mentioning. The to video one, however, not so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, no.
0: Can I just say the one thing that I always remember about this movie is it came out the same summer as Men in Black, and Rip Torn was in Men in Black as yes. the what's what's his character in Men in Black? He's I can't, uh, I can't remember.
1: He's the basically runs the Men in Black.
0: And then he plays Zeus in this.
1: Yes. <laughs> It was like
0: the summer of Riftorn.
1: It was. That's what I
0: always remember.
1: And and plus, um, for those people who don't have it in their head what Riftorn looks like, but have seen this movie, well, Zeus's face is Riftorn's face in this movie. So. Yes. <laughs> so there, you pretty much know what Riftorn looks like if you can't remember. Yeah.
0: If you can't remember, you now know what he looks like.
1: So, and and honestly, I think Zeus and Riptor. yeah, I, I think it's perfectly believable. I don't know why. Yes. Just, it works for me. I
0: wholeheartedly agree, sir. Wholeheartedly agree. That's just the one thing. It's, a, it's like, you know, sometimes you just associate things with certain things in the movie. That's one of those things I always, I always remember, like, because this came out, I think, after Men in Black. Either before or after, but I just remember... You know, whenever I saw one, I remember the other. I don't know why. Okay. All right. Hercules. The 1997 animated film. Cheryl Perlmutter, go.
2: Four and a half. Wow, you like this one. Yeah, I do. I like seeing it dusted off the shelf. It's 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 not my top shelf, though. I, I I am I'm going to start rearranging my movies. I decided. No. Yep. No. Yep. No. The Disney side. Yep. No. By by rating, and no. I don't think it's a top shelf, but it's definitely start a second, definitely a second top shelf. Is going to be movies I really love, and then then I think I'm gonna have my middles, and then ones I really hate. This probably won't be many.
1: <laughs> like Beverly Hills Chihuahua? I
2: really like Beverly Hills Chihuahua, and I can't wait to do Beverly Hills Chihuahua 3 coming direct to video.
1: Sorry, I'm, my shoulder hurts now. Excuse me. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Todd, I think we know
0: your feelings, but what's your number?
1: Yeah, Um. like I said earlier, I just really like this movie. It's one of my two favorite uh, Disney movies from the 90s. Note. Well, Toy Story is a favorite movie. At that point in time, I didn't consider it a Disney movie yet, you know. So um, that's an important distinction, folks. Um, So for me, yeah, I I agree with my wife. This is a four and a half for me also. I just really like to watch this movie.
0: Yeah, I I really do enjoy it. And in fact, uh, another little little story, Uh, this was the movie when my wife was in labor with our son. 10, almost 11 years ago. Uh, this was the movie she requested to watch, so it holds a special place in my heart just for that reason. But um, the more I watch it, the more I kind of nitpick it a little bit, which I don't do with some of my favorite movies, and I'm sure I did that during the show, so I apologize, folks. So I'll give it a three. Um, it's got a good beat. I can dance to it. No. Uh, I like it. I, I do like it. I, I think it's a very good movie. I It just... This type of humor is not my type of humor. It's not my favorite type of humor. Um, so it's, more, it's just a taste thing. Construction-wise and the story itself, I think it's, it's, it's a very good movie. All right, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, until next week, you want to make sure you keep in touch with us. Go to Facebook.com slash Project. Go tweet us at Project and let us know some movies that you would like for us to review. We're going to have a listener's choice show coming up towards the end of the year. So make sure you check that out and uh, give us some movies you might want us to review or let us know what you think of this show. So until next week, folks, see you later.
2: I'm a damsel, I'm a distressed. I can handle
0: this. Have a nice day. We dance, we kiss, we schmooze, we carry on, we go home happy.
1: My favorite part of the game, sudden death.